Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. Are you ready for God's Word? Come on, let's pray. Father, again, we've come to this time where we have the opportunity to grow in the Word of God. We have an opportunity to build our faith in Jesus. And Lord, this Bible is so important in that endeavor. And so I pray right now, help us all to prepare our minds and get our hearts, our spirits ready to receive the Word of God today. Father, let it grow, go in and just bring forth a harvest for the kingdom of God. We love you for all that you've done. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said, if you'll go with me today to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I have a friend here today that I sure want to embarrass while he's here. I have good friends here all the way from that God-forsaken place of Washington, D.C. That was a joke. Come on. It's Derek and Shannon Parks. They were stationed here uh, many uh, years ago at Little Rock Air Force Base, and we met them in church. And then they have, he's since retired from the military, and he works there in Washington, D.C. And he came to church today, and I'm so glad he's here. He brought his oldest son, Ethan, and his daughter, Rachel. I don't know where they are, but could you stand up so everybody can just check you out and say thanks for coming? Come on, everybody, stand up. Yes. Yes. Good friends, good friends. I won't tell any stories on him because he has lots of stories to tell. I want to touch on a subject today, uh, if you're in first, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and it's on the, the topic of endurance. If we're going to make it in this Christian journey, we're going to have to keep on keeping on when maybe others have given up. There's a topic that I think that the Bible speaks of, and not only does it show us what to do, it shows us how to do it. And if you have Bibles today, I'm going to kind of keep your fingers hopping. But I want you to know that God wants you and I to walk this walk of faith and to not quit, even though sometimes we want to. The topic is, of course, is the word endurance. And I think it really spells out what we're trying to, the Bible's trying to accomplish here. Because we see that in the Bible, it's one of the characteristics that God designed all believers to have. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 12, Paul's given some instructions about his own ministry. And he says this, he says, Truly the signs of an apostle were accomplished among you with all perseverance in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Paul was saying this, he said, look, and he was trying to defend himself because there were those who said, look, you're not really an apostle. You're not one of the original 12. You're just kind of a wannabe. You're not really what the Bible really describes or what, what Jesus describes as an apostle. And he's trying to defend himself. He said, look, all the things that an apostle, the characteristics of an apostle was found in me. And then he begins to list those particular characteristics. And the first one is the one I want to highlight to you because in our minds we think the apostle, that's the one that does the signs, the healings, the miracles, all the wonders. That's the, the characteristics of an apostle. And Paul says that, but the first thing he says before that he says, with all perseverance. So he, in other words, he's saying this. He's saying, look, you've got to understand that the one thing that, that separates an apostle from others is that the fact that the, the apostle has learned how to keep going when others have stopped. He's how to learn how to endure through the tough times and how to go through tough, in the tough seasons of life. 
how to go through the, the stonings that Paul went through and the beatings he went through and the, the prison sentences he went through and still continue in the faith. And I believe God's designed the same thing for me and you. Keep on going when others may have gotten up, got, have given up. It says this in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Once again, he's given some instructions. And he's talking about people who have come alongside him. Let me read this to you. And this is in 2 Timothy. It's believed this was the last um, book that Paul wrote before he was martyred. He's given some instruction. He says this. He says, Be diligent to come to me quickly. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica, Cretans for Galatia and Titus for Dalmatia. Paul was saying, look, there's some people that have co-laborers with me that have left me. And when Paul's showing us this, that the, the one thing that separates the apostle from all the rest is the apostle learned how to hold on while others have given up. And that's what happened in this particular passage. See, I, I believe this because when I was back in college, we had played in South Texas in Lubbock and played at Texas Tech. And as we were playing, we had lost, and really the bottom line was it was my fault. And the coach had, was driving on the bus afterwards, and he was kind of used a coach's technique, and he was saying things like, look, uh, you guys, all you seniors, after this season, y'all will be done, and all you underclassmen, I want you to know I'm not inviting any of you guys to come back. That was horrible. That was pitiful. Y'all just don't even deserve to be players, so I'm just not going to invite you back. So basically, he was giving up on everybody. And I know coaches do different things like parents do to try to get attention, so I understand that. But something on the inside of me just kind of got stirred up. And I usually don't like to, to talk back to a coach. I don't like to, you know, I, I feel like it's our responsibility to respect our teachers. And so I normally don't talk back, but in this case, I did. And so I said, look, coach, I want to tell you something. I may lose I may not finish what I started. I may have blown a big, big lead. So I may be a loser, but I'm not a quitter. And I think there was God somewhere in the midst of all that. Because something on the inside of you just says, I cannot quit, I cannot give up. Do you see? See, the thing is, some of you are here by a divine appointment. There's times you thought about giving up on God, giving up on your faith. Maybe not just giving up on God, but giving up on prayer. Oh, it doesn't really work. Giving up on church. I don't know why I invest so much in that. Giving up on giving, it doesn't really make a difference. But I want you to know something that God brought us together today so that he could remind you and that I could speak into your life and tell you, don't give up, don't quit. It may not be going your way. There may be great challenges in your life, but I want you to know this. You don't have to stop. You can keep on going with Jesus. There's just some, matter of fact, on the other side of Jordan, God, there's a, there's a hope and there's a, a plan and there's a purpose. But right now, all you can see is just everything in front of you and the problems and the challenges. But I want you to know, don't give up. Don't quit. Keep enduring until the end. It's the sign. It's the sign of an apostle and it's a sign of a, a successful Christian as well. Now, if I can take you now to Acts chapter 11. Because we see it all throughout the Bible as, as the Lord talks about this topic that we're discussing here today. In Acts 11, 23, I'll set the scene up for you. A brand new church had been established. What had happened is the church had gone through persecution through Stephen. If you'll remember the story, and they had all been dispersed and gone out to different parts of the world. And God began to move and establish churches in different parts as the, as the, the, the Christians began to be dispersed. And they went to a town called Antioch, and in Antioch there was a church that began to be, be, be begin to form. 
And what happened is the church of Jerusalem heard about that, and they decided to send one of the bigwigs, they decided to send Barnabas to check on things and encourage the people in that brand-new baby church. And so here, that's where it picks up here in Acts chapter 11, verse number 23. And so Barnabas goes down there, big, strong, powerful, educated Barnabas goes down there, and here's the words he told to this church. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad. He encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. Now, This earth-shattering statement is what Barnabas said was, look, keep doing what you're doing. Don't stop. Keep going. And I'm sure somebody was like, that's it. The great, mighty Barnabas came and told us just to keep on keeping on. See, the reason he said that is because God knows sometimes the tendency in human nature is to just want to stop. Just want to quit, to not keep going, to not be diligent, to not be, give your very best, because sometimes we want to pull back. And, and, and God, through the apostle, through Barnabas, was telling them this, don't give up. With purpose of heart, keep on going. Don't quit and don't give up. In my, in my Christian experience, in, 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 the early, in, the, in the early days of my Christian experience, it seemed like that just to be, to be, be kind of be, it was my M.O., if something didn't go right or I wouldn't, if I'd failed God again, I just would walk away and say, God, I guess I can't do this thing. And then I got into to, to teaching and involved in a local church, and there was times I'd go teach sixth grade boys, and they were all over the place. I mean, I was doing my best. I had all kinds of stuff. I brought Gatorade to class. I brought all different types of stuff to kind of keep them entertained, and they were all over the place. And I thought, well, God, you did not call me to sixth grade boys. But God would not let me quit. Every time I'd go to church, I felt like the pastor was talking about, he'd preach a sermon just like this. I think one time he even said, Carrie, don't quit sixth grade boys, teaching sixth grade boys. Because, see, the thing is, is God has something about us that wants, he wants us to keep on going, to keep on, to not, not stop, to keep on moving. Because, see, sometimes the thing is, the biggest breakthrough comes when we have to endure the most. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes the biggest breakthrough, the promised land is right on the other side, but you got to get through a whole bunch of stuff to get there. You got to face some giants. You got to face some hard times. You got to face some wilderness experiences. But if you'll just hold on, if you'll just keep on keeping on, there's something on the other side of all of this. I think about this in the big picture. Because how many know that there's something on the other side of this life? There's something awaiting me and you on the other side of this life. See, the world will tell you when you breathe your last breath, that's it. That all of a sudden you'll go into the ground, your body will become decay, and you'll, be, you'll become food for, for the flora and the fauna, the fauna of, of the earth. And that's it. But see, the thing is, is the Bible tells us something completely different than that. That this world, passing through this, this world, is just the entrance into another world. And for you and me as believers, that other world is this wonderful place called heaven. And let me just tell you about this place called heaven because people just kind of talk it and just really kind of gloss over it, but they don't realize it really truly is a real place. See, the thing is, it's not just, and we talk about that it's, 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 the construction material there is just really second to none. The streets are made of gold. The walls are made of precious gems and stones. It's, it's a place where it's beautiful. The Bible even says there's no more tears. There's, there's no heartache in heaven. 
There's no famine. There's no cancer. There's no dementia in heaven. It talks about all the different things that there are to do in heaven. In heaven, you'll be able to transport between heaven and earth. I mean, remember when we had Star Trek and he said, Scotty, beam me up? In heaven, you can just go from heaven to earth back and forth. The Bible says there's no sickness, of course, in heaven. But not just that, but there's people in heaven. Not just an empty place and the picture that we have in our mind of, 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 of us playing harps and floating from cloud to cloud, that's really not the picture that the Bible gives. Because there's people in heaven. And for me and you, that's exciting because lots of times we've been to funerals and many people have been sad because they thought, I'll never get to see that person again. But for those of us who are born in the faith, can I tell you, when they go away, that's just not they're leaving forever. That's just I'll see you in another place called heaven. And not everybody will get to go to heaven, unfortunately. There will be those that will reject Christ on this earth, and the consequences of that is they'll be excluded from heaven, and they'll spend eternity in a place called hell. But for the born-again believer, it's a place where you get to see him again. You get to see your mamaw again. You get to see that lost loved one. You get to see that aborted child maybe in a moment of weakness or a moment of heartache. You'll get to see all those that have gone on before you. You'll get to see all the Bible characters. You'll walk the streets with Paul we just read about. You and Moses will have coffee one morning. Maybe you'll go down the river and fish with Peter one day. And it'll be wonderful because just you'll have an opportunity to see all those that have gone on before us and all that we've read about. But the thing is, there's one more person you'll get to see that's probably one that you're going to, you've been hoping to see all of your life. And it is the one called Jesus. My friend, when you get there, you will not be a number. When you get there, you will not just be one of many. He will not pass over you and, and, and walk by you when you're walking down the streets of gold, but he will stop because you are somebody to him, because he is your Savior. And you will, you, you will, you will thank God from, from the beginning of eternity to the end of eternity and all throughout because you didn't give up when you were here on this earth. That when the challenges came and the tough times of life came, you didn't give up and you didn't quit. See, because in that moment when you see him face to face, every affliction you've ever been through, every heartache you've ever been through will be well, well, well worth it. Because when you see the face of Jesus. Now, the question is, you know, how do you get through tough times like this? How, do you, how are you able to? How do you have endurance? Does the Bible tell me what to do? I'm glad you asked the question because I want to instruct you this morning. It says this in our, in our text of Acts 11.23. It says, when he came and seen the grace of God, he was glad. He encouraged him all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. If you, if you write or in your Bible, or so, just circle that continue with, with purpose of heart. With purpose of heart. So he, he told them with purpose of heart to continue. In other words, he was telling them, make up your mind. Be determined in here. Just let yourself know, self, I'm not giving up on God. So the first thing we see here today is, is how, do you have, how do you have endurance? First of all, you just make up your mind. Make a quality decision that I'm going to go on with God. If my family doesn't go on with God, honey, it's okay because I'm going to go on with God no matter what. If, the, if my friends don't go on with God, it's okay. I may lose them, but I'm still going to go on with God. 
If I go into bankruptcy, I'm going on with God. If sickness finds my door, I'm going on with God. No matter what the Democrats or the Republicans are going to do, I'm going to go on with God no matter what. That's not a gift of the Spirit. That's not a talent. That's just a decision you and I make. That's good news. That's good news because I'd, sometimes I wonder, well, how do you keep this thing going? How do you just make up your mind that I'm going to keep going and I'm not going to give up and quit? In the Bible, you know, endurance usually comes because there are tests in the way. Usually there's challenges that we face. And, and, and really the challenges of life are not, there's really just two. And let me just tell you a story that you know well, but if I can just highlight a couple of things about the tests that we face because there's really just two types of tests. If you remember the story of the parable of the seed and the sower, the parable of the seed and the sower, in that particular parable, Jesus talks about how the seed was scattered and that, that seed represented different types of people who hear the Word of God. How many you know what I'm talking about, the seed and the sower? Okay. If you'll remember, one thing that he talks about is he said that some of the seed fell on hard soil, some of it fell on rocky soil, and some of it fell on in weeds. And each of those represents a different thing. And when it fell on rocky soil, he said these are those that, that they, they start out real quick and real good, but then because of persecution and trials, they fade away. The next one he talks about is that that lands among the, 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 the weeds. He says, and, they, and the, the, it begins to grow, but the weeds begin to choke it out. He says, when the cares of this life begin to choke it out, it becomes unfruitful. So in those two parts of that story, it tells us that the two things, the two tests that you and I will face in this life, the first test is when things become hard, and the second test is when things become easy. Hard and easy. Those are the, those are the two different types of tests that we're going to face in this life, and that's the one that helps us to overcome, that you can be, worried, that you can be concerned about, because that will help you to get through and endure the trials of life. When things are too hard. You see them and they just jump up and they're the first when they get saved. They're the one that jumps up and can't wait to join the church. They can't wait to get involved. I mean, they want to work in the nursery for crying out loud. They're so excited they'll do anything. And about a month or two later, you don't know where they are. Because something, the trials begin to happen. Friends begin to talk about them being Jesus freaks or things begin to be, get difficult. Had a man come one time to church. He came twice, he came two weeks in a row and I have not seen him since. The second week he came, he began to tell me everything that had begun to happen in his life since he had come back to church. I mean, it was like he's sick and in bankruptcy and, and people had left him and all these different things. And then that was the last time I ever saw him. What happened? He failed the test when things got too hard. So here's the thing. Not just do things. Sometimes when people come to me and they say, Pastor, my life is horrible. I can't, I can't do anything right. My work, I can't seem to keep a job. My, my, my dog doesn't even like me. And they give me all the tough things that are going on in their life. And guess what happens? In six months, they come back to me and say the exact same thing. And a year from then, they come back and say the exact same thing. You know what? I don't mind that because they keep coming. Come on, baby. They keep coming. They don't quit. Life's tough, but they've got to dug their, got to dug their heels in and begin to hold on like a bulldog because they know this, that if they just keep holding on and keep, that one day there'll be a place called heaven or one day there'll be a breakthrough or one day God will do something wonderful and show up when they need it. So listen, don't worry when those times get tough. But secondly, there's times when things begin to go good in our lives, and that's just as much of a test as the one that's hard. 
It's those times in life when it seems like no matter what we do, everything we touch turns, we have the Midas touch. Everything turns to gold. Seems like our kids are doing great. They're not going crazy. Our spouse loves us, can't get enough of us. When we go to work, we just show up and get all kinds of promotions, and things are going well, so we buy a boat, and we get a nice house, and nothing wrong with boats and nice houses. The only thing is, is when that thing comes in between us and Jesus. So be careful. Be leery of the tough times, but be leery also of the times of prosperity as well. So we see that. We see that not only are there tests that are in the way, come in the way, but there's another way that we can endure. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27, it shows us another way, and I want to, I need some help today. It shows us another way to get through and to learn how to endure. Now, let me read this scripture to you first, and then we'll go on. Hebrews chapter 11, 27, it says, By faith, the speaking of Moses, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, that's confusing because how many know this? With something is invisible, you cannot, okay, you cannot see it. Somehow, Moses endured because he saw something that he really couldn't see. So that tells me something, that sometimes when we can see things that we really can't see, it's going to help us get through this battle and get through this time and endure. Now, I need some help, and I'm so glad tonight that you came and sat on the front row. So come help me today. Now, this is Miss Leanne's sleep mask. I want you to put that on to where you can't see anything. a girl. Okay. Now, can you see anything in front of you? Okay. You can't see anything. Now, there's some things that you can't see, but you know they're there, correct? Okay. I want you to name something in this room that you can, can't see, but you know is there. The camera. Is she right? Okay. Tell me something else that's in this room that you can't see, but you know it's there. Bunch of people. A bunch of people. Tell me the name of a person that's in this room that you know is there, but you can't see. Miss Leanne. Miss Leanne. Is Miss Leanne here? All right, I'm going to give you a hard one. Tell me the name of a person who's not your family that's in this room that you know is here, but you can't see. Uh, Derek. Derek is here. <laughs> now, you can't see any of those things. You can't see the camera. You can't see Miss Leanne. You can't see Derek, can you? But you know it's there, don't you? Amen. Come on, give her a God bless you. Give Miss Leanne a... Do you know what that's called when you know something's there but you can't see it? It's called faith. Faith is the evidence of things that we can't see. So what we realize here is that what they said about Moses is Moses had faith. What got him through the tough times? What got him through the seasons where he lost everything? What got him through the times where he had legal troubles was the fact that he had faith in God. He could not see God, but he knew and he knew and he knew that he was there. So you say, what will keep me going, Brother Kerry? What will keep me going through those tough lines, through the, through the, the days of divorce? What will keep me, keep me going? 
when you keep your eyes fixed on what you can't see in the natural, but you know is there. What will get me through that tough season of sickness when I can't seem to, it seems like everywhere I turn, I just I always get bad news. What will keep me through those times? It's when you keep your eyes on the one that you can't see, but you know is there. Let me read you this scripture here. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. Now listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. It says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. To Jesus, the things that we face in this life, he calls light afflictions. Now, I'm going to say something, but please don't take me wrong. Compared to the divorce that you went through, compared to what you're going to see when you get to heaven, that's called a light affliction. The loved one that you lost, where you cried so hard you just didn't have any more tears to cry. God says when you compare that to what you're going to see over there, it's a light affliction. Bankruptcy, lost a job, business went bankrupt. Children just began to go off course. Compared to what we're going to see over there, he says that's just a light affliction. You say, well, wait a minute, but you remember this was written by the Apostle Paul, right? And the Apostle Paul, he, we know his story. He was shipwrecked. He was stoned four times. He was beaten, left for dead. He, he was out on the sea. He had to float around on a piece of the boat for a day and a half. Everywhere he went, people wanted to beat him up and put him in prison. The same guy who said all that, he said, oh, but these are just but light afflictions and shall not be compared with the weight of glory we shall see over there. Come on, stand with me today. Come on, stand with me today, and I want you to get a vision of heaven right now. I want you to get a vision of those things that you cannot see right now. If you'll just lift your hands, and you'll begin to thank God that there's something that I can't see right now, but I know it's there. There's something right now that, that I can't see on the other side of this struggle, on the other side of this test, on the other side of this challenge. There's something that I cannot see with my natural eyes, but on the inside of here, I know that I know that I know that it's there. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody, just lift your hands and bless the Lord. Just lift your hands and bless the Lord. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come and join with me here. And maybe you're going through a struggle today, a challenge, or you're facing a test. I want you to come in just a minute. And I want you to give the devil a heart attack by coming and lifting your hands and blessing the Lord. Because he thought that the challenge he put up in front of you, in front of you was going to be your, your undoing. But today, God says, if you'll just keep your eyes, keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your eyes on the other side. God, I'll tell you this, we're going to get through it. We're not just get through it, but we're going to get through it with flying colors. Amen? Father, thank you for the opportunity as we just pray fair to come gather around an altar and pray one for another. God, we thank you that what we have on the other side of this challenge and this, 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 this test is it was wonderful. And so I pray today for those of us, not maybe not even now, but those of us that days gone forward, they're going to go through things that are just going to, they're not going to know how to get through them. But I thank you that you're preparing them even now. Even now, God, to go through that. And I give you praise and thanks as we just prepare to gather and worship you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grows your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.